Welcome entrepreneurs and startups to Art of the Kickstart, the show that every entrepreneur needs to listen to before you launch. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president and founder of Inventus Partners, the world's only turnkey product launch company. From product development and engineering to omni-channel marketing, we've helped our clients launch thousands of inventions and earn more than $1 billion in sales over the past 20 years. Each week, I interview a startup success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your launch to the next level. This show would not be possible without our main sponsor, Product Hype, the weekly newsletter that goes out and shows you the best inventions that just launched. Make sure to check out ProductHype.co and join the Hype Squad. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I'm super stoked because I am talking to a $1 million plus crowdfunding campaign that's just about to finish over on Kickstarter. We are talking with the CEO and co-founder of Heavies, Mr. Jonathan Habshush. Got it. Uh, this is an amazing product. I'm super amazed that it actually hadn't come out yet because this is basically like this next generation audio company that's truly transforming headphones uh, from a piece of hardware to the truly immersive experience that defines real world limitations. So Jonathan, super excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Roy, for having me. Uh, super excited to be in here on, on here today. Absolutely. So I got to go all the way back, right, for the audience and, you know, learn where did all this start? What inspired you to create Heavies? Look, I mean, basically, we started a company without knowing anything about headphones, but everything about the people who want them. I mean, we're all metalheads. We love metal music. We love like hard rock, rock music. And my co-founder came to me and around like two years ago and said, like, hey, I want to design a headphone that is like engineered for heavy metal and I want to do it for myself. Like, you know, you want to help me. And I was like, back then I was working um, at another venture and I told him like, you know, get the hell out of here. Like, you know, there's so many headphone companies like in the market, like, you know, there's no really like need for that. You know, you go ahead, like, I'm fine, thanks. So he came back two months later, we'd have kind of like finished, designed and engineered headphone, which he did himself. He has an engineering background and said like, you know, listen to it. And obviously it sounded shit. And I told him like, you know, dude, that's not going to fly. That's like, you know, total crap. But I really kind of like, you know, appreciated his grit and his persistence and like, you know, going forward and like creating this product. And I told him like, you know what, like, you know, before you spend any money or like, you know, anything uh, in terms of like resources, on, on going down that rabbit hole, like, let's test first, like, you know, if this is like a product that like people want and like our kind of like friends want as well. So we did what we know best uh, as well and uh, started to kind of like, you know, run uh, campaigns online. We took a picture of the headphone itself and basically started to run campaigns and targeted different music communities. So we had the picture of the headphone and started to run like different campaigns on Facebook and said like headphones for metalheads, headphones for a classic lover, headphones for like, you know, country music. And we quickly realized that like heavy metal and, and everything around heavy metal from like the hard rock space to heavy metal was reacting very strongly to our ads. And that was the first moment where I was myself very intrigued by the whole idea and said to myself, hmm, interesting, you know, people react to that. Um, there might be, you know, some opportunity there. And then we kind of like, you know, took it a step further and we started to kind of like, you know, say, look, it's nice to have likes and clicks on your ads. Let's see if we actually can sell headphones, right? We took a picture of the headphone. We uh, started like, you know, uh, a small Shopify account and without a lot of like, you know, knowing about headphones, like myself speaking for myself kind of like you know 
added some like standard specs and said like, hey, we're selling headphones for metalheads. And within six days, we have like tens of thousands of sales. And I realized, oh shit, you know, we didn't have a headphone. We had sales already generated. And, and I realized this thing is like, you know, taking off way quicker than I thought. But that was the moment when I realized, okay, we're hitting some kind of nerve here. So there's some kind of like, you know, um, underserved community who really like, you know, uh, reacts to this product. That was basically like the burst moment of heavies um, when we decided like, you know, to start a company. Obviously, we returned all the money like to our customers and we kind of like, you know, told them, hey, we can't actually like, you know, produce it and we re reimburse everyone on this. But that was really like, you know, the first strong indication of like, okay, we're hitting on some kind of like, you know, need there and basically kind of like started to build the, the company around this kind of like, you know, need or this kind of like, you know, significant reaction on, on our ads. And obviously like the rest is a little bit history. We were then at the moment where we realized, okay, shit, like me and, and him, we don't know nothing about headphones. Like we need to get somebody who knows you know, his stuff very well. So that was the moment where as well, like Axel Grell joined as a co-founder and joined as a team. And uh, my other co-founder, Joav as well joined. And we basically kind of started the company from there. Jonathan, so you just dropped a ton of knowledge on this audience. And I, I, I'm going to go back because I think what you did is truly the, the path of least resistance that a lot of startups just simply pass over. And they say, hey, I've got this problem. Everybody else in the world probably has this problem too. So let's just launch this thing. But what you guys did is really strategic and really sharp in terms of launching multiple different ad sets with targeting based on musical genres, which I think is smart as well. See if it fits. Were you then sending those folks back to a then, you know, targeted landing page that had that same, same musical genre on it and see if they signed up or were willing to pre-purchase? What did that look like? Correct. Yeah. So it was basically like a very simple kind of like, you know, landing page per, per genre. And we kind of very quickly realized, okay, there's like, you know, just a simple PayPal checkout, no retargeting, no like, you know, user optimization, no optimization at all. Like, you know, you couldn't even like, you know, pay with credit cards. So there's like a, a lot of like, you know, layers in there where you kind of like narrow down your TAM and we realized, okay, just by this very simple product, we already like, you know, generated like, you know, a pretty respectable traction where we said, okay, let's double down and let's see like, you know, how far we can get with, with doing this. And I think that's a little bit like, you know, the, the narrative that like we have at this company, like in general, it's like, you know, like we, we just, we, we never assume we know something until like, it's actually like validated and tested with like, you know, at, at least, you know, a critical mass of a couple of thousand people. And that's, I think, like, you know, we did everything from there on, like, you know, the the, the design, the, the the actual, like, features in the headphone, like, the language, the name itself, everything was tested and everything was, like, you know, tested with, like, a, a sample group, which we felt comfortable that, like, you know, will as well succeed at scale. That's one of the old sayings, right? Never bring an opinion to a data fight. Correct. <laughs> Well, great that you guys obviously tested all those things out. So once once you were able to find that that category, that niche of consumer in terms of the heavy metal market, is that when you then shifted the page, built out the Shopify store, kind of put that, that dirty prototype on the page and started to collect prepayment for product that you didn't even have yet? No. So what we did basically back then after like it was a different brand, you know, when we kind of like did like, you know, the, 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 the different brand name, different like, you know, design, different like language as well. But like what we said to ourselves then, obviously, like, you know, we funded everyone and said, like, OK, you know what? Let's start from scratch right now. You know, we have two options. Option one is like, you know, we just take like, you know, an over the shelf product and we brand it and we sell it. And it could be like, you know, potential successful like one off. 
or do we actually like want to build like you know a company here that like has a innovation and b as well like you know gives actual value to our customers and you know my, my take and, and everyone's in the team's take was very quickly realizing okay we want to actually build here something that is like you know sustainable and like you know stay like hangs around for the long haul so we said like we have to a invent like you know the headphone from the ground up and actually like you know cater to from a tech point of view as well like to the needs of our customers and b as well like you know we have an opportunity here to build something around this niche of of metalheads around the world and around this community and we knew this community because like you know we 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 listened to like you know rock and metal like you know for for all of our life and kind of like you know grew up in that and realized okay this is a big opportunity to kind of like differentiate ourselves through the narrative and, and not that necessarily through like you know commoditized technology like and i'm speaking now for the audio space right like you know an anc is an anc i mean it, there's better one there are worse ones but like this is not like the reason why somebody will buy like a heavy's headphones right we have to come up with like you know true tech innovation at the same time as well like you know we have to build like a narrative where people can resonate not only like with our brand but like with our values and our missions and what we were trying to do here uh, or the outcome that you see on our Kickstarter is exactly like you know the kind of like you know proof of concept that like this is is something that resonates with people absolutely talk about proof of concept i know as we're recording this there's only five days left but you've got over 6300 backers over 1.1 million raised so congrats on the success there thanks so much i mean i i i'm saying thank you as well to everyone who backed us who's listening to this i think like you know we we, we were as well quite amazed by by the the massive traction we got and i think the the beauty around that is as well like you know you choose your people right and and i think like you know we 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 knew that like you know metal is special and we knew the dynamics within the metal community and we know as well that like you know metal unlike you know pop music sounds very similar anywhere you go like uh metal in japan or metal in australia or metal in like in 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 russia versus you know us or brazil sounds exactly the same and we realized that because, you know, we're listening to metal, like, you know, all, all of our lives through different generations, different decades. And the ethos of metal, of being anti-establishment, more counterculture is as well, like, you know, playing into a very clear demographic. So it, it, it was really like, you know, building this company around the people that we knew and, and creating a problem, not a problem, but creating like, you know, a, a solution for our own needs. Right. So it was it was fun and, and, and it wasn't easy, but it was fun to do so. So um, thank you. For, for everyone who's listening and contributed. I think that's that's huge. Absolutely. So you talked about your, your team and, you know, give me some background in terms of when you were creating heavies, what did that process look like? And then what does your team look like? And how have you guys gone about deciding what features to include in the final product? Yeah. So we basically started with like, you know, our four co-founders, which is Axel, Guy and Joav. Um, Axel used to be like the lead engineer for Sennheiser. He's like, you know, a headphone guru and, and the true audiophile. He's behind like, you know, the HD series, HD 600s and, and, and others of, of Sennheiser. Um, Guy um, is an engineer and a designer. So I have a bachelor's degree in engineering and, and, and a master's in design. So he kind of like, you know, was kind of like, you know, the building block of all of this. And uh, my other co-founder, Joav, he used to work at Google as head of growth um, for, for Waze. So he's as well, like, you know, very familiar with like online and growth hacking. Um, and that was kind of like, you know, the building block of, of this company. We very quickly realized, okay, um, in the process of let's start with the fundamentals, right? Because like, you know, the stronger your fundament, the bigger the house you can, you know, build, build on it. And we realized, okay, we have to like, really like, you know, go back up to square one and, and like build a product that 
sets the fundament for whatever we want to do on top of that. Obviously, like in the process of building the product, like, you know, the first few people that, like, you know, we hired was like, you know, an electrical engineer, a mechanical engineer. We have like, you know, as well, like, you know, a product designer, which uh, became as well, like our creative director right now, which kind of like, you know, in the beginning, I'm super bootstrapped. We put our own money into it. Like, you know, we paid everyone we could pay, like, you know, on freelance work and then realized, you know, um, those people who did good work and were as well, like, you know, enthusiastic about what we're doing and most importantly believed in what we're doing. Like those are the people then, you know, during the course of the last 12 months, we hired like full time. Amazing. So let's talk about the the active campaign. I know there's a few days left on it, but let's talk a little bit about the prep work, because I think, you know, what you touched on right off the bat on the interview was a lot of that marketing work that kind of was just, let's just test and find out. What were some of those other things that you guys did to put yourself in such a great position to overfund on day one and hit that million dollar mark, you know, now towards the end of the campaign? I think like uh, a Kickstarter campaign is like, you know, it's like going into war um, and you won't win a war without like, you know, uh, being prepared, like, you know, in the right way. So like, I think anyone who believes like, you know, you can have like an amazing product and like you just like, you know, go online on day one and sell something. Uh, I mean, there's always a chance, right? And I and, and, and there's always like, you know, super happy for anyone who who works out that way but we basically started like you know through the last 12 months and did several additional validations um and when i say validations we basically like you know tested with um with a small sample size of customers different price points right we tested as well like you know different marketing slogans we have tested different language we tested different uh, um, uh, approaches in how we want to show the product we tested like you know pictures versus videos and that was like kind of like you know helping us to understand okay what works what does not work right in order to get like you know more efficient and then obviously like you know before we went um uh, online we did like you know what is so-called the pre-campaign of like having two weeks before the campaign collecting leads right to make sure that like on the first day as well we are having enough traction to kind of generate like this minimum viable buzz that like you need in order like you know to step up in the algorithm and like you know be be as well like you know be visible to like, you know, the whole Kickstarter universe and as well, like, you know, be visible to anyone who like, you know, lands on, on your Kickstarter landing page. And then I think, you know, very easily is like, you know, you need to be passionate about it, right? Like, you know, you won't sell anything to anyone if you're not passionate about it. And I think like, you know, customers and especially metalheads feel bullshit from like, you know, 500 meters against the sandstorm. So you have to be super passionate about it and like you have to be as transparent as possible. And I think as well, like, you know, the key to success now during the campaign was like communication. I mean, it's like a relationship, right? The more you communicate, the clearer you communicate and the, and, and, and the better you interact with your customers and, and the more serious you take them, the more credibility you build. And any Kickstarter product or almost every Kickstarter product has zero credibility on day one, right? It's often it's like, you know, a bunch of guys like us come together, have a great idea, want to sell to like, you know, people on the internet, like a product or pre-sell. It, it, and, and it's crazy, right? Those people like, you know, they back the product without knowing if they get it like, you know, in the foreseeable future, they back the product without never felt or heard it in our case. And they back the product without like actually having read a review or, or heard anything about this brand or more so about the people behind it. So for us, it was very clear. We have to be like, you know, very out there, very close to our customers and as well, like very, very kind of like, you know, put a face to, to this company, right? And to, to the people behind it. And I think like that's what's, what's basically like is 
I mean, I wouldn't call it the secret sauce because like it's common, common sense. Right. But that's basically like, you know, what we try to do. And I think uh, so far it went really well. And especially since we're building here a community based brand, which is very much, you know, targeted to like, you know, metalheads and like, you know, hard rock fans. It, it was as well, like important for us that like we, we are building this together with our community and we're in constant touch with them and keep them posted and take them on this journey of starting a company from scratch and and feel as well that they are like you know have 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 ownership in that really interesting insights there what i'd love to know also is what made you choose one crowdfunding to do the launch but also platform wise kickstarter versus indiegogo yeah so i think that's kind of like for us or at least like for myself it was always like you know kick, kickstarter first i mean it's 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 you know it's been around since years it's like you know the most user friendly it's the most like you know accepted one and there as well like you know you have to go as well like you know what's more credible what generates like generates like as well like more more trust and obviously there were like you know past big successes of like you know startups launching like their products on kickstarter like uh Allbirds, peloton nura and i think we, we didn't have to like reinvent the wheel. We had to look as and, and learn as well, like, you know, from people who did it before us. And, and at, as uh, Bismarck said, like, you know, he doesn't like to learn by own mistakes and he likes to learn like by, by others. And I think like, you know, we just followed as well, like a little bit like the blueprint that like other great, you know, entrepreneurs have done before. And, and was quite obvious, like, you know, that we can't go too much wrong by doing what, what works. Absolutely. So in terms of your top tip for raising $1 million, over a million dollars on crowdfunding, what would you say to the other aspiring entrepreneurs and startups out there? I think, I think, you know, first of all, choose your battles, like, you know, be sure of what you want to do and like for whom you want to do it. I think what most entrepreneurs need to like, really like reflect on is why are you doing it? Not how are you doing it or what are you doing it? Why are you doing it? Once you figure this out, the why, the kind of like first layer, why do you want to like create this product? I think everyone, everything else falls in place. And I think the, the problem that we're solving initially to ourselves on creating headphones to enjoy like metal music resonated with a lot of like people out there. And I think that was kind of just like, you know, as well, very clear to us and obviously very clear to like, you know, the 6,000 plus backers that like backed us on Kickstarter. But, but the why question, I think it's the most important one before, like, you know, you, you, you decide on like what and how. And then I think it's just like take every single person who gives you feedback extremely, extremely serious. I mean, we've been on Facebook ads, on Instagram, on, on Kickstarter, like, you know, within like, you know, the comment sections, like every single feedback, be it good, be it bad. It doesn't matter if somebody shits on you. Every feedback is an opportunity for you either to learn or to convert him into like, you know, a customer. And I think we're learning so much right now. I mean, like the last, you know, 40 days being like online and getting like tons of feedback was probably like the biggest like learning curve in terms of like, what can we do better? Where can we improve? Um, what can we learn in terms of like future product development? Um, and as well, like, you know, the needs of the customer. I think there are a couple of like companies in the world who do customer success or customer support really successful. And there's no such thing as like, making sure that like your customer gets a fast reply, your customer like feels taken serious and your customer as well, like, you know, has, has as well the right and like has as well, like an influence on what you are doing. Because in the end of the day, the only reason like why we are succeeding is not because our product looks great or we have great tech. It's because our customers believe that like we are going to deliver on, on our promise. 
Absolutely. You've definitely built up all of that trust with them. So I'd love to know what the biggest surprise of your Kickstarter campaign has been. The biggest surprise was um, we before we launched, we we had obviously we bootstrapped, we put in our own money, we raised from friends and family, like, you know, whatever we can get in order, like, you know, to take this off the ground. And it was funny because we thought about like, hey, you know, in order to succeed on Kickstarter, we need to generate like a lot of like marketing buzz, meaning like we need to be in newspapers, we need to have interviews. And we kind of like went out and like, you know, shopped for a couple of quotes for like PR agencies and quickly realized that like we have not, we don't have the money for it, right? I mean, they charged us from like, you know, quoted us from like ten to $20,000 a month. And I mean, that's, that's, that was just so out of question, right? Yeah. And, and then we said to ourselves, you know what, like, let's, let's just go out there and see what happens, right? In, on, the, on the PR side and kind of like hustled our own way and tried to kind of like, you know, get in touch with like, you know, the newspapers and magazines ourselves. And Obviously, because we are like so niche as well and like nothing has done in that segment before, like everyone was very like supportive and like, you know, appreciated like our idea. But what surprised me the most is like the traction we got, not necessarily like on a quantitative level, but like more the traction we got from all over the world. Like we had articles in Japanese from Japan, from Australia, India, uh, again, Russia, Brazil, Chile, podcasts from like Spain calling us, hey, we want to support you guys. What you do is awesome. Like we don't charge you anything and we didn't spend a single dollar. And one, I'm based in New York City and one morning I woke up and there's a Forbes article about our company out there. I mean, I mean like, you know, a lot of people dream to like, you know, land into Forbes. It just happened. And then you, I woke up and there was like, you know, a, a, a 3000 words long article about like our company. And I think that's obviously as well, like, I was a bit surprised. It was luck as well. But like, you know, we were prepared for that. Like, you know, we had press kits ready and we, we shared them for people who like, you know, ask for us. So kind of like be prepared for it for the best case, but be like, you know, hope for the best, be prepared for the worst. But like that was pretty surprising to see that this global phenomena of heavy metal, like really at its finest and covering us like, you know, from all over the world. That was pretty cool. Amazing. Yeah, it definitely deserved the coverage just because of its pure uniqueness and the fact that nobody had done it before. So congrats on that, Jonathan. Thanks. Thanks, Roy. Well, listen, this is going to get us into our launch round uh, where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions. You good to go? Sure. Let's go ahead. Fire away. So what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? What inspired me to be an entrepreneur? I think it's more about a, a purpose and passion driven life. I was very long, like in, I mean, very long. I was like after grad school, I went to like, you know, the corporate sector. I was a commodity commodity trader actually in Singapore and Hong Kong. And I very quickly realized like, yeah, they pay well. And like, you kind of like in a golden cage, but am I happy? Not really. And I said to myself, really, I just want to do what like what makes me happy no matter what. And I really feel like if, if you feel or anyone feels that like he's doing what he enjoys doing, that success will come. I was going away of like, you know, being led by like, hey, making money and like making as much money as I can to how I want to like, you know, build my life. What is like, you know, the cornerstone or like what makes me wake up in the morning and like enjoy what I do. And, and this is basically as an entrepreneur or you know, I don't want to label it as, as that, but like anyone who wakes up in the morning and does what he wants to do, I mean, good for them. And I think that's as well, like, you know, the right way how to kind of like, you know, to kind of like, you know, have a purpose driven life. So that was, was as well, pretty fortunate to choose that from, I mean, many people cannot just like choose whatever they want to do. Uh, there were a lot of like risks involved as well, but I think like in the end of the day, um, yeah, pretty happy with, with, with my choice and, and how I spent my day. <laughs> nice. So if you could meet with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would you want to have a drink with? Oh, that's a good question. Any entrepreneur around history. Um, so there are a few. 
and I would maybe say Mark Rich. Um, so I kind of like grew up um, always wanting to become kind of like working in shipping or in commodity trading. And uh, um, I read the book, uh, The King of Oil, when I was like 20 years old. And I was at the same time, like in a good and bad way, fascinated by this persona of kind of like inventing a marketplace for commodities worldwide. And I think the the savviness that like he had and the boldness he had at the time where like nobody like you know was 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 creating this market was like insane and he took amazing risks and he was very convinced in what he's doing obviously like you know he 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 wasn't as well like you know the the holiest of persons but at the same time like i I would just like hear from him like how was it to create like you know a global commodity market (laughs) impressive that's a first on the show here so i appreciate you mentioning him awesome yeah so, Jonathan, what would be your advice that you would give to a new inventor or entrepreneur that's looking to launch their new product on crowdfunding? Again, any advice, ask yourself why, why you want to do it. And I think as well, be ready to like be persistent, have grit and like, you know, success will come. I think success comes in many shapes and forms and it doesn't always have to be like, you know, selling a million dollars. And I say that to every entrepreneur, like it, it doesn't matter how much you sell. It, ma- it matters how you sell and how effective you sell. And I think that's the, the key lesson, right? Like all birds stopped at like $100,000 like on, on Kickstarter sales. And honestly, like I don't really like, like, you know, take myself like too important just because like I sold a million dollar worth of product. Like, you know, I can go and, and, and invest a million dollars and sell a million dollars, right? Like, and, 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 and it, I would like, you know, not make any money. I think it's, it's important that like, you know, you're being effective in how you spend your money and being effective as well, like in, in terms of like, you know, the returns on the advertisement that like you, you spend on. And I think that's a way more like important metric than like, just like, you know, this very popular figure on Kickstarter, like you sold $1.2 million worth of product. I think it's more about like how effective you sell and the, the, how effective you sell translate as well, like in how well, you know, your target group, your customers and, and, and how much time you spend on thinking how well your product fits to your customers. And I think that's, that's something that like people should think about and not like how I get to a million dollars really quick. Absolutely. So what, uh, what's one product that's made your life easier during the pandemic? Uh, one product that made my life easier during the pandemic. Um, look, I would say it's, uh, it's, it's my computer, my mobile phone. I think it's everything related to like connectivity. Obviously I had a, pretty hectic pandemic. I mean, I grew up in Switzerland. I'm Swiss. Um, I moved uh, to the United States. It was like, you know, the craziest of times actually like, you know, to move around the world and just being in touch with like, you know, people and being in touch as well, like with my co-founders, being in touch with anyone who supported us. I think that was like great, you know, Zoom, et cetera, uh, spend a lot of like time on there. And then just like uh, in on a personal level, books, I really got back into books. So that's a product, obviously, that like I still enjoy very much. And I think reading is one of the best things like in the world. And yeah, just like, you know, immerse myself in books and, and learn from the people who wrote the stories or, or, or any kinds of like, you know, uh, 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 biographies on, on people. So that was something that was really helpful as well during the pandemic. Nice. So what's one book that you would recommend to our entrepreneurial listeners? To the entrepreneurial listeners, interesting. So don't expect me now to kind of like tell an entrepreneurial book. <laughs> I think one of the books that like I really like cherished was, uh, it's called like My Ishmael. Um, I just have to look real up the, the writer by Daniel Quinn. And it's a, it's a funny book because like it's an actual like, you know, it's a conversation between an ape and a human being. 
and uh, the book is really all about like you know sustainability and thinking about like long term what you want to do with your life and with our planet and I think that was a book that like really like made me think of like how to approach things. And obviously, like, you know, as an entrepreneur, you always like want to go fast, fast, fast. And like you want to reach like, you know, a billion dollar valuation as soon as possible. But really think or rethink as well, like, you know, what you actually want to achieve with your business. And, and you know, I often say to anyone who runs a business, it's for me, at least like it's not to become like a million, a billion dollar company, like very, very fast. I, I think like we have to rethink about like how we build sustainable businesses. And I think like, you know, a $5 million cash flow company can be way, way more valuable over the long term than just like, you know, a $1 billion valuation. At the same time, I understand like, you know, as, as, as soon as you start raising money, you need to create like, you know, value for investors and, and anyone like who's, who's on board, but really think about like what we're building and how sustainable we're building made me really think about like, you know, how I approach business and sometimes you have to take the the step off the gas in order like you know to like put it down back to the gas so that's that's something that like i think everyone should be aware of or at least think about for once Absolutely. <laughs> last question in the launch on jonathan you're doing great man and i know you guys are just about to finish your first campaign but very interested to hear your take and what the future of crowdfunding looks like wow um it's a big one um look i'm i'm myself i'm like really into tech and obviously like i spent a lot of time as well like you know during the last couple of years uh four or five years as well in the whole kind of like you know crypto space and web three space and and obviously like you know everyone heard those buzzwords before i don't need to like you know mention them again but i really think that like you know there's a couple of like just like from a from a kind of like underlying tech point of view like things that like make crowdfunding like as well like more interesting um through through blockchain and i think like this shift will happen and kickstarter already announced that like you know they're gonna they're gonna like venture into that if i'm not mistaken or kind of like you know exploring this i think that's obviously like you know just from a technical point of view how things are going to change as well in terms of like bringing creators and backers closer together through any kind of like whatever virtual space or like just like bringing products closer to the backers and i think as well um in terms of crowdfunding i think there's a couple of like different like you know approaches i mean like selling or pre-selling a product or starting like you know with equity crowdfunding to get like people as well like buy your product and like you know buy an ownership in like in your company i think like those are like really like models right now that i see like um, emerging and like coming as well like you know together um as a as a final product and then i think as well like you know it's as well getting harder to do like you know to do crowdfunding i mean you know with all the the ios updates and like you know with google and and all the kind of like data policies it's getting harder to like reach people like online so i think as well like you know there will be a reaction from from all of those platforms as well towards that to make sure as well like you know that every entrepreneur has as well like you know the means to reach their people without as well like you know intruding like their privacy obviously i mean that's like you know first priority but i think you know there will be there will be movement there will be uh, uh, things happening as well and I, I, I think as well that like, you know, so far, I hope as well to see like more smaller scale entrepreneurs or like entrepreneurs like, you know, with, with, with smaller products coming on those uh, uh, campaigns, because it's, it's not about it's not about how much you raise, it's how much you need. Right. Like, and, and I really think that like that, like uh, I encourage everyone who has a, even like a simple idea, there is a big power in the community and there's a lot of people out there who are potentially able to believe in you and everyone who doesn't have like you know things like oh my product is by far not as sophisticated that's bs like just go out there and try it and i think that's going to be 
going to make like crowdfunding or like, you know, the entrepreneurs and the products on there, like much more diverse and more fun and, and happy to kind of like, you know, see what's, what's coming on. So yeah, that's basically what I think about it. Amazing. Jonathan, this has been awesome. Uh, this is your opportunity to give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where they should go and why they should check out heavies. Cool. Guys, everyone who's listening, uh, headphones from Metalheads, um, um, heavies.com. Uh, we just launched on Kickstarter, like finishing our campaign in a couple of days, obviously building here a next generation audio company that really transformed headphones from just a piece of hardware to much, much more. So we're going to announce a couple of like very, very exciting uh, 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 things to our backers in the coming months and, and obviously like going to let everyone in on like what we're building on top of that because like um the hardware component is just a fundament and we're going to come out soon with something that like will bring a lot of like value and joy which is so important during these times to like the many metalheads out there and we are here for you and we do this together with you so check us out going to be an indiegogo as well um after our campaign in demand and then going to launch um around june july direct on heavies.com where you can get the headphones like ASAP delivered to your house. Amazing. <laughs> Audience, thank you for tuning in to artofthekickstart.com. Make sure to visit the website for the notes, the transcript, links to the Kickstarter and the Indiegogo campaign. And of course, I got to thank our crowdfunding podcast sponsor, Product Type. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us today and dropping sure, knowledge. Rock on, my friend. Rock on. You too. Thanks, Roy. Have a good one. You too. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of Art of the Kickstart the show about building a better business, life, and world with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, make sure to show us some love, you know, by rating us and reviewing us on your favorite listening station, whatever that may be. Your review really helps other founders and startups find us so they can improve their craft and achieve greater success like you. And of course, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the previous episodes. And if you need any help, make sure to send me an email at info at artofthekickstart.com. I'd be glad to help you out. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you next week.